On this episode of Isolated But Not Alone, we're going to continue our discussion on personality development and how it relates to individual therapy. On the last podcast episode, we discussed where does personality come from? Does it come from our genetics? Does it come from our experience? And we kind of determined that it came from both. So there's aspects of our personality that comes from our genetic makeup, and there are aspects that come from our early development and our environment during our childhood. And so this week, we're going to pick up and talk about psychoanalytic theory and kind of how Sigmund Freud saw personality and personality development. And we're going to talk a little bit about the therapy. This will not be an exhaustive study of psychoanalytic theory. It'll just be some of the main parts, as well as some of the things that I personally found very interesting about this theory of personality development. And again, I hope you're enjoying these episodes on personality development. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James Raines, and you're listening to Isolated But Not Alone, a podcast that seeks to bring mental health awareness to rural and isolated communities. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that this and other content produced by James Raines is not therapy and is not intended to be therapy or to replace therapy. Nothing in this podcast indicates or creates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek one in your area if you are experiencing any type of mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as specific life advice, and it is simply for the purpose of education. Welcome back to Isolated But Not Alone and our discussion on personality development within individual therapy. And I find this to be a very interesting and exciting topic, but not as interesting and exciting as my previous evening while getting ready for some youth work. I was walking into the building and my phone all of a sudden started beeping at me very loudly. And I've actually never had this happen before, so it was a little bit startling because I had my sound turned off and I looked down. And it was extreme weather warning, tornado in your area, seek shelter. And there was like a message about what kind of shelter to seek and to be not out in the open because of flying objects and debris and things like that. And so I was like, okay, it looks like the sun is shining, at least on the drive up to the place where I was at. But clearly on the other side of the building, there was this raging storm. And in the midst of this raging storm was the tail of a funnel cloud that was just starting to spin. And I was there with somebody else, and the storm chaser in me was wanting to get this on film. And so I had my iPhone out. I was was one of those people that would show up in the news after tragically losing my life trying to video something instead of (laughs) seeking shelter or getting help. And sadly, we, we actually hear stories about that. And there I was, and I was out filming the tornado as it approached. And it hadn't actually touched down yet, but the cloud was funneling and the tails coming down. All of a sudden, all this debris started to come up from the ground into the funnel cloud right in front of us. Or at least that's how it appeared to be, was right in front of us as it touched down in the little town that we were in. And I remember hearing the person in the background go, we got to get to shelter There's too many windows because we are in a a large 
building with lots of windows and there's like a concrete room in the back to go to but we had to run down this hallway of all these windows that were actually facing the storm side and right as i was hearing this and trying to get the t the full touchdown on video i saw these huge 25 foot pieces of tin just shredding off the large co-op building next to us it kind of reminded me of the movie twister I decided, you know, it's probably time to heed the warning and take shelter. So I unfortunately wasn't able to get the full touchdown on video, but I got the start of the touchdown on video, and it was quite something quite interesting to see. But then we had to evacuate the town because of a major gas leak at the co-op, and so we had to leave the shelter because they were afraid that buildings were going to start exploding because of gas leak, get in our vehicles and try to head the opposite direction for safety. So it's kind of an interesting night, and it's interesting because we always respond out of our personality, right? We all have our perception, we all have our personality, we all have our ways of interacting with the world. And the person that was with me, their response was, seek shelter immediately, whereas my response was, I want to get this on video for people to see. And at one point, I was trying to close this glass commercial door with the push bar, and the wind kind of caught it and pulled me and the door outward a little bit. And I imagine just getting sucked up into the air because I was so focused on taking this video that I had neglected my own safety. And so that's just an interesting of, you know, you can go either way with whether that's good or bad or... <laughs> whose personality was right in that situation and whose personality was going to make them the newest news article of trying to, you know, take a selfie with a bear or something like that. By the way, don't ever take a selfie with a bear. It just doesn't work out well. Some completely free mental health advice there. And so today we're going to talk about Sigmund Freud and we're going to talk about psychoanalytic theory and kind of how it solved the development of personality. And I know that Sigmund Freud gets a lot of jokes at his expense. And therapy and counseling and mental health and psychology and all the things under that umbrella have advanced considerably since his time. But during his time, what he was saying was considerably advanced. It was the forefront of what we would know as modern day psychology and mental health and things of that nature. So even though there has been a large progression since that time, it's always interesting to understand how kind of our more modern ideas of personality kind of originated. As there are a lot of systems out there about the personality. And one in the United States is obviously Christianity, Judeo-Christianity with this idea that God created our personalities. But what's interesting, even within that belief system, there's all kinds of denominations and factions that believe different things about where our personality comes from. Like, for example, some folks believe that God has already pre-created us as humans, as human beings, with our distinct personhood, and he has this big soul bank, and he plucks out our soul from the soul bank at conception, plops it inside of our bodies, and that soul, in a way, in an essence, is the vehicle of our personhood, meaning that God transports this soul that has us in our entirety in it and its complexity and puts it in a human body. And that that soul is known by God and predestined by God to have certain attributes and to be certain ways. And then that, combined with our experiences, which are guided and directed by God, becomes who we are. There's another belief system that says that human beings 
themselves, given by God, have the ability to create the human soul at conception. And that soul, again, is us. And though experience has something to do with that, even our experience then is guided by God. There's also a belief system that states that every time a child is born, God creates a soul and puts it into that baby. And in essence, God is therefore creating us in our personhood. And it's a miraculous moment of creation. And even with all those different views and belief systems under the umbrella of Christianity, there's a lot of folks who do not even consider where the soul comes from, where our personality comes from. They just say the soul comes from God, our personality comes from God because he created us. So even within Judeo-Christianity, there are many different beliefs about where our personality comes from. And there are many different religions and belief systems out there that are very old that have different views. For example, reincarnation. There's lots of different views out there historically about where our personality comes from. And so we're going to kind of focus on where there was this shift not more than a century ago in thinking. So the theory focused on the negative effects that a client has or a person has at an unconscious level and tries to take it and make meaning in the client's conscious self, hoping to enhance the client's cognitive abilities and to create an expectation to agree of personality or character change. And the theory kind of defined health as a person who is functioning at a level where their reactions demonstrate an appropriate awareness of their consistence-based reality and appropriate problem-solving approaches. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about in this series comes from an excellent book by Ginter, Rosicar, and Gerstein, which came out in 2019, Theories and Applications of Counseling and Psychotherapy, Relevant Across Cultures and Settings. And they talk a lot in there about the different theories and kind of how they saw personality and personality development. And so right off the bat, hearing that, you can determine that there's a lot of depth here. It's easy to get lost in the pool that is psychoanalytic theory because it's very deep stuff. Some of the key concepts were they saw dynamic unconsciousness. So they felt that the mind has a various set of aspects that clash or fight with one another, which leads to the creation of anxiety within our personhood. So you have anxiety because there's different aspects of your mind that are fighting or warring for dominance inside of you. They also felt that there were stages of development. Freud believed that adult personality materializes after a series of stages have been developed and addressed by the child. They believed in transference reactions, which are a repetitive pattern of how an individual thinks and behaves that mirrors early traumatic events. He saw human nature as a divide between the biological qualities of people and their intellectual qualities, right? So our body and our mind. Freud also had a structural hypothesis of how he saw the mind. He felt the mind had id, ego, and superego. The id was completely unconscious and consisted of drives and was often driven by emotion. The ego was conscious and learns about the world through our senses. And then the superego seeks to fulfill external expectations that have been internalized. Another interesting concept that Freud brought to the table was he believed that people could avoid real and imagined dangers using defense mechanisms, as well as minimizing the intensity of the drives pushing to be fulfilled. So he believed that people not only try to avoid real danger, 
but they also try to avoid imagined danger. And we've all experienced that. I know when I was a little kid and you'd be watching a scary movie and you'd all of a sudden get hyper-focused on the environment around you. Ooh, what was that sound? What was that noise? You were imagining that there was some big scary monster in the closet and you reacted, right? You had a physical reaction to the thought that there was this scary monster in the closet. And before you're like, James, that's a childhood example. (laughs) You're right. We do this as adults too. And it's often much more complex than a monster in a closet, though in a way it's the same thing. It's an imaginary monster in the closet that we create with our mental power and then we give it power and then we react to it as if it is real. So that's something that Freud brought to the table. He also brought the things that people make fun of all the time. Ego. We hear ego all the time. Ego is like a buzzword. Ego, ego, egotistical, egomaniacal. Freud also believed that people were divided between their biological qualities that included our sensual, physical, and carnal forces against our intellectual forces. So we have these drives, we have these needs, right? And they war, the flesh wars in a way against the spirit, against our intellectual abilities. Freud again said that people could minimize or alter their animal tendencies through what he called sublimation. Freud elevated the rational aspects of the human mind, but called attention to the difficulties caused by conflicting forces. So basically, Freud put a lot of power on our rational abilities, but at the same time pointed out the fact that just because we had those didn't negate the difficulties that we felt with these conflicting forces. So regardless of Freud's methodology, which oftentimes comes under attack, but you got to remember he was doing these things at a time where there wasn't a lot of knowledge and understanding about experimentation. So he was able to do a lot of experimentation that today would be unethical or not considered right. For example, to do research on children in the United States of America is extremely difficult, as it should be, (laughs) to keep people safe to protect the rights and dignity of other people. But back then, there was less standards. And so you saw this jump in research, but also you see a lot of criticism towards that. And I'm not saying what he did was right or wrong. I'm just simply saying that is kind of what you oftentimes hear about when you hear about Freud isn't what he brought to the table. It's what he did wrong. So if you go to see somebody who is using a traditional psychoanalytic theory, they're going to avoid making judgments. They're going to avoid showing emotions. They might be warm towards the client, but they're not going to be overly emotional. They're going to be the expert. They are going to be the one who knows what's wrong. They are going to be the one who knows how to solve the problem for you. And they don't reveal a lot about themselves. They don't tell the client a lot about themselves. And there's all kinds of things that they use when working with clients. They do things like free association. They talk about interpretation of dreams. They overcome resistance. They address transference. They process change. And so that's just a little bit about how Freud saw the personality. And we could spend an entire series talking about the ins and outs of the mind through the psychoanalytic approach. And oftentimes, it's not necessarily the practice that people do today in therapy and counseling, but it oftentimes informs the way they see the inner workings of the mind. And so that is Freud's approach 
to the mind and to how personality is developed. And so again, I really hope you're enjoying these podcast episodes. I hope you're learning something from them. I try to keep them short so that you can listen to them to and from your ride to work or whatever it is you're doing throughout the day. Maybe you're just folding some laundry like I do and you don't want to be folding it in a vacuum. So you put some podcast on. You watch some Netflix. And I hope you're also getting something from my other content, my series on spiritual grooming and spiritual abuse. It is such an important topic to talk about in this day and age within the church because the church is facing this epidemic of people who are going into the church who use people's spirituality to gain something for themselves and at the same time turn people's hearts against themselves and distort God. So again, if you haven't caught that episode series, I suggest you do it. There's a lot of good content in there. I also introduce you to a family who is experienced and has experienced spiritual grooming and spiritual abuse and are now, because of that spiritual grooming and spiritual abuse, facing the consequences in the loss of their daughter. So I hope you catch that series. And remember, you might be isolated, but you're not alone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast enough to share it with friends and family, and reach out with any questions you might have about mental health, and we will do our best in future shows to answer those questions. And remember, it might feel like you're isolated, and maybe you are, but you're not alone.